0: Wow, it is so good. Hello, Saints Hill. Good morning, everybody. Super good to see you all. Good to be here. It's a little weird. we got like a car parked in the room, but we're going to roll with it. Um, yeah. Oh, I promise that was not a corny dad joke, but we could go there if you want. So, um, yeah, my name is Justin Atzit. I am one of the deacons here in the church. Krissa, uh, my beautiful wife over there. My mother and father in law, Ben and Marion, say hi to them. They're visiting today. They're beloved. Um, yeah, yeah, they love you too, Amanda. Um, yeah, Alex asked me to teach a while back. Um, it's, it's really an honor to be here with you today. I'm super excited. Um, and I just love uh, noticing just some of the direction that things have already been going this morning, just the, the way that we're making space for. Um, the Lord to just speak, and just speak right to people, like, like Jacob here was saying. Like, it's, it's beautiful. So I'm going to jump right in. Um, we just wrapped up our vision series, as some of you know. We're going to be going into another series, actually, next week on communion. Did you know that we've also been in a Luke series? Does anybody know how long ago we started the Luke series? Three years. Three years? No, not quite. About 322 days ago, but who's counting? So... We're not halfway through it yet, but that's good. There's so much more good stuff. So we're going to be jumping back into Luke today for today. So go ahead and get out your Bibles. If you don't have them out, if you have it on an app, whatever you have. If you need a Bible, we usually have some out on the lobby kind of welcome table. It's yours to keep. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 26. And I'm gonna just pray, and then we'll, we'll get started with the reading, okay? Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just thank you so, so much for the privilege of, of being together, of, of getting to be in your presence, Lord Jesus. We just welcome you, we just pray you would do whatever you wanna do, that you would say what you wanna say. God, we are looking to you, we're here for you, We pray, have your way in us, each one of us. God, have your your way through us. Just say that, we just say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And we wanna see you, Jesus, we wanna know you more. Yeah, in Jesus' name, I do. I just speak, just, I just anything that's been just holding anybody back, God, from you today, that it would just fall off, God, that there'd be hindrances that would just fall off, God. In Jesus' name. Yeah, your kingdom come. Amen. So we are in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, starting in verse 26. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time, he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell, down at his, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man." For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? He said, legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding And the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. He gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus they found the man from whom the demons had, had, uh, had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And, when they were, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the man who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So we got into the boat, And returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged him, begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the word of the Lord. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you've read this story before, maybe you have, it's in a few of the different gospels. When I first, when I, I've been spending a lot of time with this, this story and as I've, as I've sat with it, uh, my reaction almost every time is like, this is super weird, this is super weird, right? You've got, um, you've got this, this scene where Jesus and the disciples had just crossed over the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus had just calmed the storm. He had there was a life-threatening uh, situation on the lake. Jesus had commanded the winds and the waves to, to stop. He had rebuked the, rebuked it. And um, the disciples are like, "Who then is this that even he even commands the winds and the waves, and they obey him?" That's what immediately precedes to this story. The disciples and Jesus get out on the shore, and they're greeted by a naked a guy who's yelling and going into this kind of big rant, right? Like, that's pretty crazy, right? That's weird. And, um, Connor, where are you? There was a, wasn't there like a naked guy at the skate park kind of? Yes, right. I mean, I don't know if it went down quite like this, um, but, uh, Lord bless him and uh, get a hold of him, but... It was a little crazy, so it's kind of outside of our normal when we read something like this. It doesn't. Um, it strikes us as, as kind of strange. Um, Let me just ask you a question: when you when you read a story like this, do you think of like revival, um, a naked guy who's demonized, uh, falling down, and and maybe getting and getting set free? Maybe you do. Maybe you think that that is like what. What the kingdom coming looks like. What does is, what is revival look like to you? Can you can you picture it in your mind? Um, just like Chad asked earlier when we were in the, the offering, kind of reading, took a moment and just close your eyes, close your eyes and 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 just ask the Lord. Um, I wanna just take like 10 seconds, doesn't have to be very long, and I want you to just like just hold space for a second and just ask God like, what, what do I think it looks like when you are moving, okay? 10 seconds, I don't have a watch, but 10 seconds. So, were you there? Were you a part of it? Are you participating in it? What does it actually look like when God is moving, when when heaven invades the earth? Um, this this story, uh, the other big thing that's highlighted to me, besides just how weird it is, is that this was a really hopeless situation. And uh, this guy is described as, as living among the tombs. He's... Uh, He's been driven by the spirit into into the wilds, which is a really isolated place. He's alienated from family. He's not among the living. He's among the dead. Uh, he's in Mark's gospel the same kind of story. He's howling day and night. No one can keep him, you know, bound. He's he's got this kind of super strength. I mean, he is he is really tormented, right? And uh, can you imagine uh, what his what his family or friends or people who knew him, it's easy to read the story and it's just so different than maybe what we're used to, but uh, he was a person and he, he came from this, this area in uh, the Decapolis. So um, this is my first time doing this, so you gotta bear with me a little bit and uh, go easy on me because I'm not as i uh, I'm not the organized professor, but. <laughs> Um, I'm excited about, I think that this is a story of hopeless situations being shifted. I think this is a story of, of Jesus stepping into hopelessness and and those things that are impossible, just like bowing to, to who he is. Um, it's a story about uh, when God is moving, it, it can look really messy, but God is in the, the midst of that. Um, and it's a story where the man who gets set free is invited to to tell his story. So... Maybe what we'll do is you can go ahead and put up my first point on the screen. When Jesus shows up, hopeless situations shift. I'll just give you all three now, then we'll go through each one. Expanding heaven on earth, number two, can get messy. Let go, it's worth it. Revival is more personal than you think, number three. Consider your response to Jesus. So... As I just said, the man is described in the text as tormented. He's living among the dead. Um, he's driven under the influence of the demonic in his life into just dark isolation among the dead, right? Um, and then and then everything changes when, when Jesus shows up. Uh, <laughs> I know what it's like to have, uh, I was drawing the parallel with can you imagine what this guy's, uh, people who knew him, what it was like for them to watch this guy maybe slowly kind of slip away and feel like, man, he's, he's too far gone, right? Um, maybe you can think of in your own life some situations that have felt like super, like impossible or, or hopeless, right? Um, maybe it's a loved one who what uh, has walked away from from the Lord? Maybe it's uh, an illness that's just like this is just like killing me, and I'm it's like I'm just desperate, right? Like, we have these kind of impossible situations where um, it's it can be really hard to like you know hope. And little did the people who knew this guy know that help was actually on the way, right? So. Um, as I've been prepping this message, we'll kind of get back into the text and you know, I, we'll, we'll kind of walk through my points a little bit more, but I, I just really, I wanna be sensitive to where I really felt like like the Lord was really just bringing something really fresh to the surface. Spent a lot of time looking at commentaries, praying uh, about today, just sitting with the uncomfortableness of Jesus giving permission to the demons and they go into the pigs and they drown, right? Like. I know you're all wondering, like, what's up with that, right? Um, there's a lot of uncomfortable, kind of messy things in this story, and yet Jesus is in the midst of the mess. And uh, last night, as I was as I was praying about today, I really felt like um, that that word about Him stepping into to hopeless situations was more than just like a point for my message. I felt like that was actually like a word for a lot of us in this room, right? Like we're no stranger to hopeless situations. We're just not. And uh, so I wanna just I want to just make a little bit of room for that. Uh, it might be a little bit messy, but that's okay. We're reading a story that's super messy and Jesus shows up in the midst of it. So I wanna go back into just a moment. I wanna just lead you all into just a little moment of listening prayer, okay? And uh, I think it's gonna be really good. So uh, what I want you to do is... I want you to, to just ask God if there's any situation in your life that just feels hopeless. You don't have to like concoct it. We don't have to lean on our own understanding. We can actually just ask him and see if he'll bring it to mind. And if not, then that's fine. You can pray for some of the rest of us who maybe do have something come to mind. So go ahead and just take a moment. We do this all the time in, in freedom prayer. Um, And we just see it's a really powerful way to just invite Jesus into our pain and invite him into um, the things in our lives that are just really inconsistent with um, the renewal of all things. So so Lord Jesus, maybe you could just echo this in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud. Lord, is there anything that you wanna bring up right now? Is there anything that's just felt impossible, that just felt hopeless? Is there a lie that I've been believing about that? Lord, would you bring it to mind for each one here? Maybe there's a person that's coming to your mind. Maybe there's a situation Maybe it's something that's just immediately obvious. Maybe it's something that's just a little bit surprising. I wasn't expecting that to come to mind. I want you to just kind of make a little note of that, what it was. And then we're just gonna practice like inviting Jesus into that real quick. This is what it can look like to invite him into, uh, into pain and into, into hopelessness in our lives. So ask him, just like you asked him, is there any situation where I am just up against a hopeless? It's felt just totally stuck and hopeless. If you can see it. Now I want you to ask him, where is he at, Jesus? Where are you in that situation? What would it look like for you to just kind of step, like step into that? Lord, will you just come into that? Maybe it's that someone you know who you just, it feels like they're, it's just like they don't want anything to do with, um, maybe it's an estranged uh, family member or friend, maybe it's whatever it is. Just sit with it for a second. If you got something, if something came to your mind that was a hopeless situation for you, and as you ask Jesus, where where are you? Would you just kind of give me a picture of what it looks like for you to, to step into that? Because I'm having a hard time seeing that. I just need you to, to show me um, I feel stuck. What does it look like for this to not be a stuck situation anymore? Did anybody uh, get a picture? Yeah? Does anybody feel like, it still feels like I'm not getting a picture, or it's, it, it feels very stuck. Can you just like let me know? Anybody? It, it feels like, this still feels actually really horrible. <laughs> I could use some prayer. Anybody else? So so I'm just gonna, we're just gonna take a moment, if you're around anybody that just raised your hand, I want you to just put a hand on their shoulder and just take a moment and just, just pray, uh, speak the peace of Jesus over them, ask them, what can i pray for you about okay go for it it's more important to me more important than me getting through like all my points today it's it's more important to me that to to make space for jesus to just speak into into hearts right now so we'll get to all the points that we can but I don't wanna just read about Jesus showing up in hopeless situations without actually like applying that and actually making space for that and, and really pressing in for that. We're not overcoming God's reluctance. We're laying hold of his willingness. It's more his idea than it is yours for there to be breakthrough, for there to be healing, for there to be uh, heaven invading earth in the situation. God, what does it look like for heaven to invade this situation? take a little risk if you're getting anything for these people a picture it's a safe environment and if you're if you take a risk and you're like hey I saw this for you and they're like that's totally rough then just receive that feedback too <laughs> it's all good so as uh, as there continues to be a little background conversation around what you're praying about that's totally fine i'm just going to i'm going to keep going don't feel like you have to stop like the moment that's happening with like you and the lord like that's that's more important right now so just keep going this is this is my first point is that Jesus shows up in hopeless situations and and shifts them. So Lord, continue doing that. <laughs> the second thing that I kind of wanted to highlight that really connects this this text to our lives is my second point. And oh, never mind. Never mind. We're, I'll just read it to you because the Lovely folks at the slide and sound table. There is something really good going on back there. I don't want don't to stop that. So heaven, expanding heaven on earth is my second point. Expanding heaven on earth can get messy. Let go. It's worth it. Um, imagine you're one of the disciples with Jesus. You're going into this uh, area. It's a Gentile area, the Decapolis. These are Gentile cities. Most of them are east of the Jordan River. And... Uh, so it's already kind of uncomfortable for them, right? Um, these are unclean people. This is an unclean place. They're the tombs. The guy's coming out, uh, who's who's tormented. Um, you see this whole situation play out, and it's not um, it's not very like like decently in an order, right? It's not decently in an order. Um, it is, it's just that heaven's order is not the same as ours, right? Like, there's a conflict that happens when Jesus shows up and, and freedom um, begins to, to set this man free. Um, the miracles that we see Jesus doing in Luke again and again and again, they're not just fireworks where God's just trying to get people's attention. Uh, he's destroying the works of the devil. He's proclaiming the, the kingdom, right? And um, this this story in, in Luke chapter eight, 26 through 39, this is one of several miracle stories in chapter eight where Luke is, his, um, he's demonstrating the authority of Jesus. Like right before this, the calming of the sea, right? You have Jesus has authority over creation. This story, Jesus has authority over demons. The next story, uh, the woman with the issue of blood is healed. Jesus has authority over disease. The next one after that, Jairus' daughter is dead, but Jesus ruins the funeral, right? Like, he raises her up from the dead. And, um, like, Luke's, that he's really wanting to establish that. This story is also a part of a, a larger theme that Luke develops throughout Luke and Acts. Luke is the same person, if you're new to the Bible, the Gospel of Luke and Acts were written by the same person, and um, throughout Luke and Acts, uh, there's this theme that salvation is available to everybody. That salvation, uh, it's Jews and Gentiles, right? There's kind of this like, there's just this, this scope of, of what Jesus is bringing and who, is, who, who it's for. And so being in a Gentile region, uh, we're already kind of getting clued in that what Jesus brings is it's, it's expanding and it's gonna be messy. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. When God is moving and it's really outside of your comfort zone, how do you respond? I have a friend who once told me that he was uh, charismatic with a (laughs) seatbelt. You guys ever heard that one, right? Maybe you got the seatbelt on today. Um, I thought about that, and uh, he moved away um, a few months back. He's a good guy, but... um, it kind of just like bothered me because I was like, we don't say we're biblical with a seatbelt, or I'm trinitarian with a seatbelt, or <laughs> I'm loving with a seatbelt, right? Like, w- like what are you worried is going to happen, you know, if you don't have the seatbelt on? I get, I get the concern, right? You get the concern. Um, there's been a lot of bad examples. There's been lots of, you know, times where someone maybe has a wrongful focus on something and. We're like, we don't just want what he does, we want him, right? So I get that. And it's good to to want the person of Jesus more than just the stuff. But if we think the stuff is just this, if we think the miraculous, if, if we think that um, the move of the spirit is just this tangential thing, it's peripheral to the gospel, it's like, I don't really need that, just give me the gospel, just give me the main things, right? Keep the central things central. Well, in the ministry of Jesus, I don't know if you've read the gospels, but like, Everywhere he goes, he's preaching the kingdom. He's driving out demons. He's healing the sick. Like, And um, his example is the only one worth following as far as I'm concerned, right? So, <laughs> like, there's mess, but it's not just... It's not just like the, mirror, the miraculous is, is just fireworks. Like This is actually redemptive restoration of God's order that's happening. What do you think happens when something on earth is just really out of alignment with uh, the will of God? Is God's will always done? Jesus said to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So everybody say, as it is in heaven. Is in heaven, right? Not like how it might be eventually, but this is the present tense reality that is bearing upon the present. Um, so when something is out of alignment, and uh, and then the order of, of <laughs> there's this moment of exposure to uh, the reality of heaven that happens. Yeah, it might look a little messy, but it's not just mess for its own sake. It's not just experience for its own sake. This is actually about the restoration of all things, and we're getting these little glimpses of it again and again and again. So we talk about having, you know, we're charismatic with a seatbelt because, you know, we're afraid on some level. Um, And yeah, and if you've been wanting signs and wonders more than you've been wanting him, stop it. Like, this would be a good day to just... Repent and, and set your eyes on Jesus because he's really the big deal. He's the treasure. He's the main thing. But when you, when you love someone, you usually like, maybe you like what they do, you know? So he's not just doing it. It's not an end in itself. It's a foretaste of where this whole story is going, where there's a fully restored heavens and earth. Every problem has an expiration date, so... And some of you guys who've who've preached before, I, I don't know how you. It's like it's. A, I have a whole new level of respect for people who who spend time doing this, and because I'm like, man, am I missing something? But uh, it's also just messy because when when Jesus shows up, the spiritual realm kind of freaks out, That's right. right? That's right. So messes. What am I saying? I'm saying that like. I'm saying that it gets messy, and that's, that's okay. That's okay, you can um, take a risk. Like, be, I'm basically saying, if you're willing to, if you only are open to what you can understand, if you're only, um, let's bring it home. So, several times this morning, somebody asked you basically to just take a moment and ask God. Well, what if I don't get anything? Or, like, what if I'm, what if it's not God that I'm going to hear? What if it's just, what if I'm just making it up? Or what if, what if it's like the devil's going to deceive me? Um, if I focus on, on an experience like that, then, you know, what if I'm going to be deceived? Well, it's possible to, to focus on or to, to go after, um, and very an experiential, um, and it, it's 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 possible to go after encounter and be deceived, right? But it's kind of a guarantee that you're deceived if there is no encounter, right? Like if it's just if it's just purely like if you can understand everything that's happening and uh, there's nothing about God that's like, um, I don't know, you know, <laughs> that's that's not the God that I read about. Like He's there's a it's important that we that we have a respect for what we don't understand. It's, I uh, think Bill Johnson says this, like, what you know can keep you from what you need to know if you don't re- remain a novice. Like, what I don't understand is, is as important sometimes as what I do understand. So uh, the other kind of point that I wanted to get to other than Hey, Jesus is going to show up in, in hopeless situations in your life and around you, and you get to get in on it. And it could look messy, like when God shows up, and and that's okay. Like I'm willing to risk a little bit of, of mass because uh, if He's in it, like I don't want to miss Him. It's not that I don't want to miss the mass; it's that it's that it's Him, right? So, the third thing is revival is more personal than you think. Consider your response to Jesus. In the story, um, it's a long chunk of text. I can't just like walk through every single verse; we'd be here for a long time. But um, the man, the man is set free. Um, the demons uh, basically kind of haggle with Jesus about where where can I can we don't send us into the abyss, right? Um, that that word the that's translated the abyss is is kind of it's basically the same word that is the uh, what's translated in the Septu- Genesis 1, that the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. There's all this background about the deep, the abyss. Um, it's a place in um, a lot of ancient Near Eastern cultures where you know, the waters of chaos, there's, um, it's a place that's kind of like an abode or even sometimes even a, a prison in, in revelation for um, spiritual beings that are um, malevolent. And uh, they don't want to go there. They ask to go into the pigs instead. That's kind of one of the weirdest parts of the story to me, probably to a lot of you too, right? And um, what's kind of ironic is that like, I've always stumbled over, like, why did you say, why did you even talk to them? Why didn't you say, get out now? Why did you like give them permission to do anything? Like, if you give the enemy an inch, he likes to take a mile, right? And. Uh, and as I've spent time reading it, I think it was just kind of like a setup. That's kind of where I'm at with it. They did end up getting sent into the abyss, like the pigs ended up drowning into the water. It's the same. There's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of conceptual and linguistic connections there. Um, and then uh, the people basically 86 Jesus. They're like, we don't want you, you know. Here they go back. They tell people in the town. They come back. They see the man clothed and in his right mind in the presence of Jesus, and they're afraid. The reaction uh, is fear. You know, I asked the question earlier, when, when God is doing something and it's really outside of your kind of usual, what is your response? Um, the disciples were pretty terrified in the previous story when Jesus calmed the winds and the waves. They were frightened, but it didn't make them want to just like run away from, from the Lord and uh, it didn't make them reject them. They weren't like, they might have felt afraid, but they didn't like, they didn't partner with it, right? And in our story here in Luke 8, in this particular part of Luke 8, the people, uh, it talks about how they were afraid. The man, Jesus well, basically honors that, and he's like, all right, like right, I'm not gonna like force it, I'm not gonna force the, you know, this ministry on you. And the man begs Jesus to accompany him, right? I think that's verse 38. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him there's this interesting connection where you know he can hardly talk about what god has done for him without talking about what jesus has done for him right so there's this kind of christological connection um, i think it's really interesting that that's another part of the story that has been that's kind of troubling like why didn't he let him follow him i thought jesus wanted people to follow him you know if they're if they were willing to kind of um, if they're willing to kind of surrender everything, you know, and 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 follow him, and um, it, I think that, uh, and it's not just me; these are this is some of the commentaries I, I've been reading. But this man uh, was sent back, basically commissioned by Jesus, armed with his testimony, and I think that testimony seeds people's hearts with hunger and expectation for who God is and what is possible for new possibilities and. Um, there's some of you in this room who um, who don't share a lot of your testimony. There's all the kinds of parts of your story that have Jesus's fingerprints, like, all over it, and we need to hear about it. It's part of, um, that's part of spreading revival. These, the testimony is, is it's contoured around uh, experiences of shame, experiences of grace in your life. It's... It takes on the contours of your unique story, but it, it prophesies God's heart and his intentions. Maybe we don't know the text doesn't say this. Uh, you know, maybe this man going back and, and telling his testimony, telling it talks about how he went all around and and proclaimed how much Jesus had done for him. Like following Jesus, he really wanted to go accompany Jesus, like you know, the disciples were following him. But for, for this guy, following Jesus actually was very, like, it looked like obeying him and going and doing this. That was following Jesus. And um, <laughs> so, like, what does it look like for you to give Jesus your unique yes? Like, in this season of your life, is there a unique yes that he's, he's asking you to give him? Um, it doesn't have to look like it looks like for somebody else. It doesn't have to look like, you know, preaching on a stage or... Um, you know you name it what does it look like to to respond to what he's doing in your life so So I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna start to wrap up, but we're gonna take communion in a second. Maybe you're here today, and um, you're like, yeah, I'm really hungry to like step into to more. I'm hungry to step into um, like if a God is there, I want to like be in that environment. Or, or maybe you're, um, maybe you actually feel like, maybe you're not like, you know, tormented and living in the tombs like this guy was, but maybe you're, uh, you're really isolated. Maybe you feel like really alone and, and nobody actually really knows like how it's really going for you. You don't know how to, to be known and to share your life or it just feels like there's just no one. Well, Jesus wants to, to like step into he wants to step into the places that maybe you don't let anybody else see in your story. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I'm just, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm, I'm kind of just giving this whole Jesus thing maybe one last chance in church. And um, But things have been really, really hard. And um, it's its great to get into the scriptures, but its it's just not enough. Like I actually need to like, um, it's not enough to just hear about this stuff in the Bible. I actually need to, to experience it for myself. Like, if, if that's real, if, if Jesus is real and he's, um, he's as good as, as people talk about, then what does his goodness mean in, in my life and in my situation? Is he willing to, to do that for me? And uh, I just wanna encourage you that, A, like, if you're just like, I'm hungry to step into more, but I don't, I don't see it yet, um, one of my friends had just got back from a trip and she was, she was telling me the story about something that, that one of the pastors uh, said. When you're, you can be in an environment, like I don't necessarily feel myself absorbing vitamin D when I'm out in the sun. Maybe you don't either. If you do, I'd love to hear about it, but um, it feels like a, a sunburn. Um but, like, I just, like, he, the story was, he, he said, I just trust that when I'm in the, in that right environment, like, I'm receiving what I'm supposed to. Um, it doesn't, just because it can get really messy doesn't mean it always has to look really demonstrative. It doesn't have to look like flags and fire tunnels. It could look like a lot of quiet and um, silence. Like, God is in it all. You don't have to compare yourself with somebody else, but do, uh, like, like, do let people in to your story. Don't just stay in isolation. And um, like we're going we're gonna to invite Austin to come up here and kind of transition the service. He's got some words from pre-gathering prayer. We're going to take communion. Uh, what better place, I guess, to come than to the Lord's table where we're going to, um, we're not only going to remember something that's symbolic, but we're going we're gonna to participate in what he's done and who he is. And as you're taking communion, um, Austin, why don't you go ahead and come up. I want you to to bring your impossible situations to Jesus and I want you to, um, to invite him in. And please, if you're feeling like really alone and isolated and, and tormented, Come on up here, we're gonna, we're gonna pray for people. The prayer team will come up in a few minutes, not quite yet. We're gonna take the, the bread and the juice, but um, it might look messy, it's worth being open to it. Give Jesus your unique yes and embrace risk in obeying him. I wanna encourage you that God is inviting you to tell your story because it prophesies his intentions, it seeds the soil of, of the hearts of people around you with, with new possibilities. Don't wait for someone else to respond to to the Lord. It starts with you responding to the Lord. And go and tell of what he's done for you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If we can do anything to help you or if you wanna stay in the loop with what is going on in and around the church, you can follow us on Instagram, download the Saints Hill app in the App Store or visit our website.